0: Let's go
1: Third round So, two perspectives
0: I do this for you It's up and coming You know, very controversial at times
1: Let's roll At least he hasn't been hurt yet Process first results Doing your best not to overreact
0: To hear things that make sense But if you don't like You look at all these guys They're getting cut And I got funky, baby NVD. Ha 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 control i knew he could be a guy dude this guy is the ultimate taxi stat. this, this,
1: this, 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 this is an adequate stash for your taxi the man the myth the legend <laughs> everything broke right for him last year and this year etn's foot broke right for him so j-rob is back
0: what's going on everybody this is the dynasty wire it is the Drow genius i am back again welcome back welcome back welcome back i am very excited for this show uh it's not gonna be as long as our normal shows but it'll be right there on the cusp of that mark getting you that hour that long commute drive maybe getting you through the week right you got a 10 minute drive every day to work well at least you start your morning with us right I'm very pumped for the show today. We have a lot on the horizon, mainly attacking that taxi squad, as promised in the previous shows. That taxi squad is how you keep rebuilding your team without ever having to go into a rebuild, right? Where there's three players, four players, five players to 10 players on taxi squad. You can never have too much talent on it because this is your future, right? It's just like an NFL team's taxi squad. We see Taxi Squad darlings that pop up out of nowhere and become contributors year in and year out. So I'm pretty pumped for that. I'm going to touch on the rookie rankings, give you a sneak peek, you know, that little national treasure right there, the rookie ranks. And we will touch on a few other things as well. So strap in, get your pen and paper out, and get ready to write. As always, I got my boy, Iowa, with me. What's going on, man? How are you?
1: What's happening DG? Yep, we covered buys and then we covered sells. So I'm sure you're sitting at home enjoying the preseason games we have on and doing your best not to overreact, sending out some offers, maybe countering some offers. You may have received a handful of bad offers. Before we get started, I want to give two options that you can do to respond to what is a bad offer. And your natural reaction is decline and ignore and decline and ignore. Well, you're trying to create a market to be able to buy and sell. The most fun leagues for me are the most trade active leagues. So I do my best to counter even the worst offers, but you want to do it with efficiency. So for my two options, what I would need to sell a player or the players desired or the package or the position or whatever. The first offer is what I would need to sell what the other party was trying to get. The second option would be what I would be willing to give for what the other party has offered. And then, you know, tweaking parts of the deal where I can't make it make sense. Now that gives them two options. If it immediately shows that this is a waste of time, you can disengage and go about your day. But this can also show the gap in players and they may change routes or you may just find out this isn't going to be someone you're likely going to be trading with. So counter those bad offers with efficiency try to make some deals because that's what you learned last couple shows trying to feed off of what we see here in preseason how's preseason hitting you man
0: preseason is uh unmatched right last year it kind of sucked not having that preseason hype it was it was a dark place in order to make some moves, right? There was a lot of uncertainty there, and of course there was things you could capitalize on, you know, narratives of training camp or our practices and stuff, but you didn't necessarily see these guys in action. That's why a guy like James Robinson for the most part went unnoticed until week one. Things like that are happening right now. So far, I mean, it really is moving people up and down my rankings right now. You know, you look at the situation with Michael Thomas, right? Michael Thomas being super diva over there in New Orleans has paved the way for a guy by the name of Marquez As Callaway to come onto the scene, he's showing he can actually be not really an alpha, but like a baby alpha for that team, right? He can be that X receiver for him. Michael Thomas has slid down my rankings a good bit, but I am still investing in him on the cheap end. I'm not paying his all-star price. I'm paying a big discount if I'm getting him, but it comes with risk, right? He's not the only guy, you know, different rookies have risen up based on their performances. Trey Sermon, he went up. Travis Etienne is going to stay normal. The news today broke of his Liz Frank fracture. He's going to stay normal for me, but I understand if you're trying to move him down. My rankings go down to the decimal value. I have short-term value, which is aka win now value, or I'll have long-term value. These are guys that I don't see contributing right, right away, but they could contribute as soon as next year, not this year, but next year. One guy in my Wendell leagues that has risen up in my Dynasty rankings is Najee Harris. Najee Harris has proven in preseason that he's going to be the guy and that he actually knows what he's doing. He's not really taking false steps when he's running. He's running good pad level. He's using his hands. He's adjusting well to contact. Things like that are looking really good. Another guy who has moved up who's also a rookie, I'm going to keep it you know, real with you. I'm going to switch positions. I'm going to go back to the wide receivers again. It's Jalen Waddle, right? Special teams get you on the field no matter what level of football you are in. Jalen Waddle lit up. You know, all of uh, TikTok, Twitter, all those little apps lit it up with his pun return. Um, hello. I mean, this guy showed uh insane amount of wiggle and just infinite capabilities while being on the field. He will find his way on the field and he could actually become their wide receiver one down the line. I didn't have that. I didn't have that outlook at the beginning of preseason, but after what I've seen on a few plays and this punt return, I definitely could see him, you know, becoming that guy for their offense. As always, there have been many all season movers, and uh this rookie class is kind of one of the best in a while. So you have quarterbacks, right? Mag Jones. Cam Newton got COVID. Okay, this kind of paves the way for Mac Jones to step up. He's going to play a whole preseason game or he should play most of it. I mean, this is his prove it. So he will go up if he does good. Zach Wilson has reassured his spot for me. You'll find out where I have him later in rookie rankings. But in Dynasty, he has stayed exactly where he is. One guy who has moved slightly up is Trey Lance. I saw a thing about Trey Lance today, the most drop passes, whatever. But, I mean, the dude's throwing the ball like he can ball. One guy who has gone down for me is Jamar Chase, sticking with the rankings. I just don't see him being, right now, contributor. Like, towards the end of the season, he will, I think. But I think it's the T. Higgins show there. They still got Tyler Boyd. You know, going with the veterans... I guess that move besides Michael Thomas, you know, besides the obvious of Jameis Winston, who is now going to be starting for the Saints, trying to get off of the Saints right now and move into another veteran dynasty. You know, it kind of pains me to say because I haven't really supported this guy in the past. But after last year, because of his performance last year and the recent change at quarterback, I think Robbie Anderson deserved a bump. Right, They just extended his contract two years, and he's paired with Sammy D. I love Sammy D. He gets his favorite target back, and... As we talked about in previous shows, they extended Sam Darnold's fifth-year option to keep him there an extra year. Riding's on the wall. Who are some guys that in this offseason, I guess, shifted? It doesn't necessarily have to be rookies. I know most of the ball for me was rookies. Just because this rookie class, I said it since last year, was going to be the class to supplant a lot of veterans. That's what we're having happen. So on your end, who are you moving up and down?
1: This year, looking at preseason, I've taken three things away. One, that process doesn't always yield the results you expect. Two, injuries suck. And three, watch but don't overreact. So process versus results, the rate that first-round running backs hit is a really good rate. When you invest in a first-round running back, the odds of that pick panning out is pretty good. Well, you know, long trombone. ETN done for season as of today. Um, 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 dramatic reverb. Something you can definitely come back from. Tons of players have come back from that before. A common question here in the near future will be ETN or Acres. This obviously helps out J-Rob. James Robinson has a new path. Everything broke right for him last year, and this year ETN's foot broke right for him. So J-Rob is back. It's a thing. It's something. To, uh, someone who's going to have to absolutely be adjusted in ranks. As far as ETN, it becomes that zero value this year, and then what are you willing to invest in that for next year? So I'm treating him like a, like a mid-first-round round pick for next year. Absolutely, guys moving up and down on the ranks. I have no idea exactly... sure what I want to do with ETN, but I know that there's nine or 10 people I like better than him for sure. Counting zero value towards this year. Fields and Lance have looked appropriate for what I've expected, have satisfied what I was hoping to see. They have solidified top five of what I would consider my ranks. Previously, it, it was a discussion between do I want the more scarce position at RB with ETN, or do I want one of these QBs? Well, in Superflex, typically you're leaning those QBs. Now, obviously, you're going to have Javante over ETN. You're going to have Chase over ETN. Zach Wilson, I was a little worried coming in, but he proved to be at least competent. It didn't look like a disaster out there in preseason. There's an asterisk with everything that comes with preseason. You know, it's not like they're out there trying to win the game. It's not like they're out there running their starters, but he, he did some Things that you like, you know, same same deal with Mac Jones. Like them a lot too. Like you mentioned, Robbie Anderson extended. Part of the reason I like Terrace Marshall as much as I like Terrace Marshall is because Robbie Anderson gone next year. This could be a thing. Well, now it's going to be how awesome are these three wide receivers going to be with Sam Darnold for you know at least next year as well. I don't think it's a great thing for Terrace Marshall that Robbie Anderson got extended. Jalen Waddle, you know, everyone in that has been dinged and Bowden went to the IR today so that's just one more person in that wide receiving corpse it's Albert Wilson running around there catching passes so the last man standing at worst Jalen Waddle. Devontae Smith is actually not hurt at the moment where like Rashad Bateman is another one of those last man standing scenarios so, yep, guys moving up and down a little bit. The injuries suck with, like, ETN. You know, I have ETN and Acres in a third of my leagues. So, I definitely freed up a roster spot this week.
0: Tell you what, dude, one guy I'm buying everywhere right now, and I I am on a mission before this episode is published to buy him everywhere, It's Rashad Bateman. I recently just moved him up. I'll get a lot of flack for saying this, but... I thought about putting him over Jamar Chase just because I love his style, man. This dude, this dude just wows me. He just wows me. He is the perfect receiver for Lamar Jackson for his style of play. So I'm buying him everywhere. I just wanted to put that out there. I wish I would have been buying him on the buy show, but uh, I'm not. So (laughs) I'm buying him now. Just as you said, man, like preseason is just insane, right? Like you think of the injuries and everything, right? Even Jalen Waddle survived the injury scare in the game. He got hit and was laying on the field for a while. He had to go to the medical tent from what I remember. Then he came back and looked fine. It's in the blink of an eye. I mean, I was, I'm sitting here watching and enjoying the Saints. And then all of a sudden, my boy Fishman goes down. He gets carted off the field. I'm like, dude, what the hell is this? Like Adam Troutman, are you kidding me? Come on, dude. So that paved the way for Jawan Johnson for me. I liked Jawan Johnson. He's a converted tight end. He was a wide receiver last year and wide receiver in college. I think he'll be a solid guy for them. I just don't see him being an immediate contributor by any means. I think that's really it. Regarding all-season movers, one guy that I could see uh, not necessarily rising, right, but being just a pain in the anus for people is a guy like Todd Gurley, right? I mean, Todd Gurley... Obviously, he's not what he used to be, but he's a veteran that could be signed somewhere. Like, he could be signed in a spot that has injuries to their running back court. Things like that.
1: Someone who I have kept on every single roster when I'm making my cuts this week is Amir Smith-Marset. If your league rewards kick return yards, he's someone who could provide value that way. He's got feeling ahead of him. Obviously, the Justin Jefferson had a large portion of... The total work, receiving work at Iowa, uh, even though they didn't necessarily put up tons of stats. Being dynamic where he returns yards, he takes punt, kick return, he's fast, he's not short. There's a lot worse stashes you can have than Amir Smith-Marset, who I call ISM for short. And one more that I want to make sure I mention here, Javian Hawkins' cut. Sad violin, but just like you said with Gurley, he could be signed you know what What if uh the jags picked up jv and hawkins now that etn is down
0: yeah that could be a possibility one guy that i was gonna bring him up later in the show but i'll talk about him now that i guess benefited from the hawkins departure is my boy caleb huntley caleb huntley all 5 230 pounds i mean he's a big he's a big boy you know but he's been running good i mean he had six carries 57 yards you know, one of them was, yes, a 30-yard rush, but their depth chart at the running back position is Mike Davis, Olison, Cordero Patterson, and then that's it, really. I think Huntley proved... Uh, he could survive the first round of cuts, right? I mean, over Hawkins. Now, all actuality, he could get cut next week and be just with Hawkins anywhere, right? Right. I mean, these low, uh, lower tier rookie running backs are being cut everywhere. I mean, you look at Steve Scott, Stevie Scott, right? For the New Orleans Saints, he got cut. The cream is sort, sort of rising, in a sense. I just think that's so corny to say that. <laughs> but you have a guy that I am stashing on all of my taxi squads. It's my boy, Tony Jones. So, Tony Jones Jones is on the New Orleans Saints. I can't believe I mean, I'm bringing up the Saints all the time. I guess I just got them on my mind today. But Tony Jones is a 5'11, 225 guy. Last year he was on the roster. He's not necessarily a rookie, but he's been balling in preseason. Like he's been balling out of control. One of these games in preseason, he had 12 carries for 108 yards. I mean, the dude has been making a clear case that if the Saints want to go the cheaper route, they could easily cut Latavius Murray, keep him on the roster. That would be huge, because... Just last year he signed a future reserve or whatever contract and he's making a name for himself. He's really making a name for himself. Yeah, they got Devontae Freeman, but this dude is twenty three years old and he gives him some youth. He's a cheap option and he's just showing he wants to be a, a saint, showing he wants to play. So he's getting it. And I'm pretty pumped about him. I mean, I'm getting excited right now. My heart's starting to race. Uh, it's also starting to race because I'm talking about somebody who I liked last year as a rookie that he's not a rookie this year. So I think it's time for us to touch on a few rookies that we like this year. Sticking to the top 20, maybe some rookie sleepers that still have a chance. There's a guy by the name of Jake Funk, who I've been getting in every fourth round of my rookie drafts. And then uh, Mr. Cam Akers got hurt. And then guess who had all the funk? I did. I got funky, baby. It was me. So first, I want to give you the floor and I want to hear some of, I guess, your rookie rankings and anybody who is controversial, why you have them where you
1: have them. Well, keeping with the theme of selling Derrick Henry last week, it's going to be difficult to receive that amount of touches and remain healthy. Darrington Evans is still taxi-eligible in a lot of leagues and someone I'm sliding down there. Jake Funk might even pass Xavier Jones. So I definitely like that one from you as well there. Kellen Mond is someone, he was one of the better rushing prospects when he first entered college football and then, you know, the Vikings could have potentially tried to trade up, but content with having Kellen Mond. No one loves Kirk Cousins, you know. No one wants to be married. Married to Cousins. Kellen Mond there is something where it probably won't pay dividends this year and it might be halfway through next year, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if we eventually see some Kellen Mond. Someone else who's taxi eligible, who I know you're not necessarily a fan of, but Eno Benjamin, and that's largely just because we're both not a fan of James Conner. It could be worse. You know, it could be we've already had two of what is like the top 24 running backs go down and the season hasn't even started yet. So, if you know, if there's guys that... uh, uh, can be stashed on your taxi. I'm not typically looking for a wide receiver who, if the opportunity breaks, they could be barely a flex. You know, I'm looking at someone who's eventually going to be good, who I might consider, you know, has a ceiling of at least being like a wide receiver too, who I just need some time for them to develop before I activate them. That's the kind of wide receiver I'm sliding down. I'm typically not trying to stash tight ends at all. Don't need an extra tight end when, you know, you can just rotate them off of waivers every week. Out. Outside of, you know, deeper leagues, multiple tight end leagues, tight end premium leagues. One more guy now that uh, we know ETN is down and James Robinson is ascending rankings. I'm curious what you think about Carlos Hyde.
0: I used to be the biggest Carlos Hyde fan on the planet. I mean, this guy, he just lingers. He's been jumping team to team to team forever. I mean, San Fran, Jacksonville, Houston, Seattle, and now back to Jacksonville. Carlos Hyde last year, they weren't good. I know that. He had one game with, well, three games with 15 carries. And his points, fantasy-wise, in those games was respectable, 16.6. 15 carries, 68 yards, and one touchdown. 4.9, then 6.6. So... I don't necessarily think he will be a huge dominant contributor. We have to remember, you know, the competition, the people he was playing with last year. But if something was to happen to James Robinson, hypothetically, Carlos Hyde is the next guy up. And it's going to be ugly, and you're going to get made fun of and ask, why are you doing this to yourself? But Carlos Hyde could be a serviceable flex if that situation happens. It's just something that could happen, and he's basically free right now, right? Yep. Nobody really wants him. You can get him off the waivers in the deepest of Dynasty. I picked him up in a Dynasty today that's a 14-teamer, and we start three flex as, and with two running backs. People forget about him. He's a nobody. Todd Gurley is rostered in 70. of leagues, ladies and gentlemen. Carlos Hyde is rostered in 44% of leagues. Carlos Hyde is on a team. Flex, potentially. He's free. Go get him. That's my opinion of Carlos Hyde. Now, look, it's not pretty. Xavier Jones, Jake Funk, Tony Jones I brought up earlier, Ty Johnson, Jared Patterson. But if I have an empty roster spot and I need somebody who can be serviceable, I'm going to pick him up because he's free.
1: Yep, I'm glad you mentioned Jarrett Patterson because he's kind of flashed in preseason. There was the scare like a month ago. You could get a discount on Gibson in drafts. There was a narrative about his toe. Well, that's something that can flare up again and again. If Jarrett Patterson's looking sweet out there in preseason, it at least gives me confidence that, you know, this this is an adequate stash for your taxi where, you know, if Gibson went down you're probably going to activate Jarrett Patterson. That's someone you might actually play someone who there's a good chance. They're not just going to sign someone off the street who might beat out Jarrett Patterson. And that's kind of what you're worried about with Carlos Hyde. When he was a Brown is kind of becoming like a distant memory. You know, he's kind of just there and I don't know necessarily that he does anything better than what James Robinson does. So he would need James Robinson to go down and them not to sign someone who is better in the passing game. I'm a little hesitant with Carlos Hyde but there are worse stashes out there I picked him up in a handful of leagues the especially deep leagues might be sliding down Carter a little bit I, I previously when I was on the clock and Carter was still there often I'm looking at like Rondell Moore Elijah Moore or Carter so you basically have two Jets or someone who, you know, can't get on carnival rides. Previously, I had been taking Michael Carter. I think I'm probably still doing the same and assuming that it's eventually going to work out. But this does not look like someone who's going to come out the gate and be someone you want to start week one. It might be something that takes a little bit of time. And part of that is because of Ty Johnson, other running backs they have there. One more player I'm watching would be Sony Michel. We love Damian Harris. James White's still on the squad. Obviously, Ramadre Stevenson is looking good in preseason. Michelle might be the odd man out. I'm not sure yet, but if he got cut, like if he got cut and he went to ATL, I would love Michelle. That would be awesome, taking the 29-year-old's job. And one last stash before I hand it back to you here. Tyler Johnson. I liked him out of Minnesota last year. Obviously, they have a couple sweet wide receivers, and then Tom Brady is bunking with Antonio Brown. So you know, uh, and then they draft Darden this year. You know, so it, it may not materialize, but Tyler Johnson is someone I would i probably would be considered a truther for at this point.
0: Tyler Johnson is the new Justin Watson. I mean, Justin Watson, athletic darling. I loved him. I had him everywhere on taxi squads. And I touted him year after year and then it never came to fruition. There was always an excuse there. I mean, they really just, they're spoiled. How would you like to have just a plethora of wide receiver talent and you don't know when one of them is going to come out of the light and be that guy? It sucks. I just can't stand it. Anyway, Jared Patterson. I think he can end up being the three there. I do. I think he can beat out Peyton Barber, and then it'll be um, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, and then Jared Patterson. I mean, J.D. McKissick isn't going anywhere. He led all running backs in touches last year. He did pretty good at it, oddly enough. But Antonio Gibson is the guy there. We know that. Jared Patterson is going to be second fiddle at best. At best. So that's a guy that I'm kind of stashing everywhere real quick i'm gonna run through the rookie rankings because i know a lot of you are probably like come on dude just give it to us okay i'll give you my top 20 i'm gonna go fast so you're gonna have to rewind this 14 team ranking super flex tight end premium um ready go javante williams kyle pitts jamar chase rashad bateman travis Etienne, naji harris sermon elijah moore Devonte smith Moore. Terrence Marshall, Jalen Waddell, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, uh, Michael Carter, Kadarius Tony, uh, Monroe St. Brown, Diami uh, Brown, Pat Furmuth, Amari Rogers, Gainwell, Mag Jones, and then my boy D-Wayne. Eskridge, who is going for some odd reason in the third round i also have joe palmer with a question mark because i just don't know where i want to put him in chuba hubbard i don't know where i want to put him in and then last but not least my boy nico collins just because i feel like he can get snaps he's gonna be getting snaps he could end up being a huge sleeper this year i just don't know if i want to invest fully in that
1: situation Do you have ETN over Harris?
0: Yeah. Rookie rankings? Yeah. Still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fracture doesn't move him for me. Harris is like, he's a win now guy, yeah, but long-term, I want ETN. Injuries don't really, unless it's a, uh, you know, a Cam Akers type of injury, really affect my rookie rankings that much. I'm not a Harris guy. He's great. Don't get me wrong, but I'd rather Javante. I would rather ETN. Sermon, I mean... I don't think he's gonna be as good as Harris, but I think he's like a somewhat of a value pick if you if you want Harris, but you want to kind of build your team and you have that 101 and you know somebody really wants Harris and they're not going quarterback for some reason in a super flex. I never go quarterback. I always trade out of the 101, 102, 103 to somebody who needs a quarterback because you could end up you know getting dollars for pennies right there. If you have somebody who wants to trade up and get that quarterback or Najee Harris and you can find that sweet spot of 105, 106, 107, 108, 109, one of those five, and you trade back, and you get a guy like Trey Sermon, I mean, I don't think there's going to be a dramatic difference between him and Nashi at first. I think Naji is definitely going to get more carries. But if Trey Sermon ends up being the guy in San Francisco, he could put up some of the same weeks. It's not going to be as consistent, but he can still do it for you. And hopefully you got other pieces in that trade that can balance that situation out for you. So that's my, uh, I guess, top 20 featuring three guys that I don't know where I'm, I want to put them. What about you, man? What? Uh, give me a sneak peek at your rookies.
1: Well, you will immediately notice a stark difference in where we have our quarterbacks. I typically think in 12-team superflex as I've said before. I know you were saying yours is 14-team superflex, but I'm going with the evaluation that's how it's been for the last several years. I have no problem with Trevor Lawrence at the 1.01. I battle with the tier of what would be Najee Harris, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields. That is what I view as the next tier. You know, you need quarterback or you have a favorite quarterback out of the two. You take that. If you desperately need running back, then I have no problem taking Najee Harris there. If you're set at quarterback after that, It's a mini-tier of the top of each available position, which would be Javante, Jamar Chase, and Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson has basically elevated himself to that tier, whereas previously he was right behind that tier. I am late to the party, but I'm here for Zach Wilson as far as that high is. Now, uh, after that, what I'm sure you probably won't like is I would prefer Mac Jones and a Superflex over a Kyle Pitts. But at this point... I'd probably... Be interested in having Kyle Pitts over Travis Etienne, and part of the reason why I have Travis Etienne there is because a lot of what how I value a player is baked into this year. Like, the heaviest weight goes on the current year, and then there's next year has the next highest weight, and then Future Outlook has the third highest weight. So if there's a zero for current year, you know, I'd rather have a Zach Wilson where I can sell it for a pick that gets me a player like Travis Etienne+. plus. Instead of an injured Travis Etienne. Now, Travis Etienne is his value plus a roster spot if you have IR spots, cause you can, you know, you can slide him down, like I said earlier, you know, freeing up roster spots left and right. First Cam Akers and then Travis Etienne. But moving on down the ranks, this is when it starts to get to the big group of wide receivers. Before the draft, during the draft, and after the draft, I've had Rashad Bateman ahead of Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. It sucks the injury, and... I think with him likely being able to come back, assuming he doesn't get re-injured, I should still be safe having Rashad Bateman over Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle. I just don't like the fact that Devonta Smith basically has my measurables as far as height and weight. I do not want to be getting hit, you know, below the waist by NFL caliber players. Looking at pictures on Twitter, like how many hits until it looks like you know it could be an RG three knee scenario. Jalen Waddle is someone I've just been fading because he wouldn't test. But then obviously the draft capital reward came from the Miami Dolphins anyways. So I waddle back and forth on Jalen Waddle. The next three wide receivers I had there would be Bateman, Smith, and then Waddle. In the draft I had last night, I took Smith before Bateman because I had the pick after the next pick. And it's just because I was pretty sure I could get Bateman with that next pick being injured currently. And I did. Sermon went in between. Sermon and Carter are in what would be the next tier for me. If you had a preference, which one you liked, you know, it was back and forth with Carter, not looking like he's going to start the season as well. I probably move him, you know, side by side, but one spot behind Sermon after that, then it's two tiers of wide receivers, Rondale Moore, Terrace Marshall, and Elijah Moore. No particular order there. That's a, the three-man tier. I like Terrace Marshall probably first of that tier for a while, but then obviously the Robbie Anderson extension, I'm a little worried there, but still, you know, same tier. Rondale Moore getting a ton of looks in preseason. It looks like they're just going to manufacture him touches, which that's the only way Rondale Moore was going to be relevant in the NFL is if they had a coach that would, you know, create opportunities for him. And it seems like in preseason, they're at least throwing some of those out there. So, you know, still a little faith in Rondale Moore from Purdue. I love him. Uh, Elijah Moore I have in that same tier just because, you know, when a bunch of NFL players are going out of their way to say how this guy is freaking awesome, you know, people are comping him to Antonio Brown. Like, obviously, it's a crowded wide receiver room there. But like you said, you know, as preseason goes through and as the season evolves, the cream rises to the top. And I definitely think that Elijah Moore would qualify as cream. Lastly, to get to what I would consider twenty, I have Almon Ross, St. Brown, Amari Rogers, honorable mention, Kadarius Tony. Sheehan made it really obvious to me that uh, Kadarius Tony might be a knucklehead, and there's that knucklehead factor that you have to factor in there. And we've discussed previously how we like, you know, the scenario for Amari Rogers in the future. That's basically how my rookie ranks would be shaping out at this moment what do you think
0: that's a, that's a pretty good list man i mean for the most part you know the running backs i guess we disagree on but the wide receivers i can get behind you know how i feel about pitts i think he is a roster a league winner right a roster changer immediately he's gonna be able to give you wide receiver one numbers from the tight end spot in my opinion which is rare the thing i cannot get behind which i have had many many arguments about I'm a firm believer that quarterbacks are more overvalued in super flex leagues than anything else. Yes, you can flex them, but there's not much difference from the quarterback 10 to the quarterback 20 in points. Being said, running backs also flip easier in leagues running backs are in the most volatile position. So if you can if you can buy Najee Harris, right, in a rookie draft for cheap and you could end up selling him later on for like if you would have drafted him last year, if he was a rookie last year and you would have been able to sell him for Christian McCaffrey. You're telling me you couldn't have done it, right? You wouldn't have done it. I would have. But you don't have that unless you draft that running back. And I draft rookie running backs with the intent to sell. Unless it's a league winner, like uh eventually I think Javante Williams becomes a top five running back who can be a staple on your offense. I don't see the value of taking that quarterback. Now look, I take quarterbacks at the 107. Starting there, if somehow, some way, Justin Fields is there at 107, I'm not gonna pick him fast enough. That is my threshold. I will never pick a wide receiver over a running back, I mean, over a quarterback, but I will pick a running back over a quarterback. And Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts is the only tight end I would pick over a quarterback. But teach his own. That's that's the fun about it. That's the fun about superflex leagues. You know, different strategies win you different leagues. One day, we're going to have to have a whole strategy episode. That's going to be fun. Trade strategy, draft strategy, roster construction, all that good stuff. One thing we can touch on today, though, is a tiny bit of roster construction. It's more so the bottom of your roster, right? I just kind of went on a rant, not a rant, but a mini explanation, I guess some of you will call it a rant, of quarterbacks versus running backs in Superflex. Well, one of my strategies with quarterbacks is I stash... Rookies on my taxi squad I do because evidently people forget about rookie quarterbacks and they could kind of come out of nowhere at times. Not often, but on the off chance that you hit on somebody and you're holding them on your roster free, why not have them right? So I'm gonna go through, I guess, my top 10 guys on my taxi squad and also what I look for. Right? I'm not gonna host like right now. I have Stevie Scott on my taxi squad and I'm actually dropping him as we talk. I don't think he could end up being anything. On the Saints, he had a short room, but now he's kicked off, and I'm replacing him with my guy, Tony Jones, right now, literally, as I am talking to you, I am doing this. So, Iowa, but I need to know, who are your most, I guess, um, your most taxied, right? The guys you have on your taxi squad the most, and I kind of want to know, how do you construct your taxi squad? Because I'm going to touch on, I guess, my process and the reason why I do it the way I do it, but I'm very curious on how you build up your taxi squad. And what, what necessarily do you use it for?
1: So two perspectives, the taxis in the leagues that I am in are set up one of two ways. Either the taxis are flexible, like flexi taxi, as in they don't have a, a set date where they need set. So basically it's an extension of your bench that is for younger players for you to move them as they develop it, but you can move them up and down freely. And then the other way is what I think would probably be the more common way where after preseason they lock or as week one starts, they lock. And then once you activate them, you have to free up a spot for them and you can't move anybody back. So how I construct my taxi in leagues where I can't put someone back in if I move someone up is that it's got to be either something I'm looking all the way forward to the following year or someone who I think I would actually be able to activate and start. Not necessarily someone who's just young, who, you know, maybe might be flex-worthy. High upside stashes, and that's almost never tight ends. It's only wide receivers who I know are going to start slow. Any rookie quarterback who I've taken who is in a week one starter is likely going there because I need the bench spot, the the ability to pick up somebody else uh, in the meantime. Previously, I had stated Jared Dokes. well... He got a lot of drops today going through leagues and I'm over players. You know, he's he's the bottom of the roster F in the chat for dokes, but uh, he entered the waiver pool in a lot of leagues at the end of the day. I'm trying to build up your future from your taxi in leagues where they lock. Like I said, a third of my leagues, Travis ETN. So instead of my taxi, he's moving up onto my roster and then immediately to my IR, which he will now sit there for at least a year's time. Somebody I've ended up with in a ton, of ton of rookie drafts is Anthony Schwartz. Fastest player in the NFL draft, Anthony Schwartz. Wow, liquid Schwartz. You know, he could basically be the next Odell if Odell were to be hurt or traded. Someone I've, I have I like. Obviously, you don't, no one is super excited about a Browns passing game, but there's, there's things to like there with Anthony Schwartz. He's fast and he's not short, like the majority of this draft class. At the end of seconds and beginning of thirds last year, I took Jalen Hurts in every single draft and he sat on my taxi. Well, this year, my Jalen Hurts is Kellen Mond, the same rushing upside quarterback where there's a older quarterback ahead of him who's not necessarily an all-star. Cousins is under contract through next year for sure. So the Eagles cost themselves a ton of money moving Wentz, you know, maybe. But in all reality, my realistic expectation is that halfway through the year next year, maybe Mond is getting some starts. That's one of the most common rookie acquisitions I got from drafts. From Andre Stevenson, really excited about that after seeing what he did in preseason there. Someone who was going into the third round of every drafts after Kenny Gainwell, after Hubbard, you know. So sometimes after JV and Hawkins, the stigma Patriots running back, we know what it is. And speaking of Patriots, I have a ton of Mac Jones as well. Like we had talked about previously, you know, trading back and getting a quarterback who was picked 15th overall in the NFL draft. And you can get him at the end of the first round in a super flex rookie draft. Like, it just seems like a super value to me. And it's something I was capitalizing on all off season. Then Rashad Bateman, you said to absolutely love this dude uh, every time i was on the clock and you know Devonte smith waddle is still there i was trading back i was trading back because mac jones wasn't there and i was trying to pick up bateman later and pick up something of value for it that's basically where i'm at as far as uh, the rookies how i stash them you know in my leagues it's year two and year three are also eligible to be stashed so guys, it might be available on your like waiver wire would be like Quez Watkins, who has looked good in preseason, even though he might be like the wide receiver four, but he has looked okay so far in preseason. If a Ertz trade comes down the pipeline, then, you know, that's just one less target in a pass game that often is targeting their tight ends. So, so if I was to give you one last stash, as far as that might be just out there in a lot of leagues right now, it's Quez Watkins at like 60 some percent of leagues currently.
0: Dude, I love Quez Watkins. I wasn't going to mention him. But the guy is 6'2", about 188, 187. Uh, he's electric, right? He's not going to be a consistent week-to-week guy, but he is electric. He's definitely somebody who uh, he's pretty good. I mean, to have on a taxi squad, right? These are guys that I am looking basically hit or miss, right? 50-50 coin flip, right? Are guys who I can see myself contributing, putting them as a contributor to my roster in the future. I liked a lot of the guys you said, and I'm I'm going to apologize if I repeat them. Keelan Mon is a guy I have on every taxi squad because why not Keelan Mon, right? Why not? Why not Keelan Mon? Kirk Cousins is an old bat. He's getting even older. Keelan Mon can run. He can scoot it and boot it, man. I mean, this guy, he can do it. So I'm going to steer clear of your theory of not having tight ends on the taxi squad, right? That's where I have most of my tight ends because I'm constantly rebuilding that position. And once a tight end hits, you can probably sell them like right away, right? Because tight end is a scarce position. People do like these young, shiny rookie tight ends one tight end i have everywhere is hunter long hunter long is sitting on my taxi squad he's kind of the king of the taxi squad right now right and he has all these other little peasants underneath him but he is my most taxied player i have him on the taxi squad in every league but two every league i am in but two of the leagues he is on the taxi squad I just think he is a guy who you can get in the late rounds right now, and he's not going to make an impact this year. He's a guy that I'm looking to be on my roster next year. And a lot of those rosters, I do have Mike Gasecki. I will sell Mike Gasecki probably week four if he doesn't have blow up before then. But Hunter Long is the guy that I'm planning on replacing him with. Another guy, Maury Rogers, right? We spoke last episode on him not being a contributor right away, right? This year, whatever this was, the resurrection of the zombie of Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams and Robert Tanya and then whoever else, who knows, they might bring out Jordy Nelson. But Maury Rogers is going to contribute slightly this year, right? Slightly this year. He's had a few showings. I think he got targeted five times and had like 35 yards or whatever the past preseason game. But he will eventually be the guy there, in my opinion, at receiver. So that is one guy I am trying to hold everywhere. I'm having no struggle at all keeping him on my roster. There's a lot of guys that rather drop than him at this point because I see his future as being very bright. I'm not going to spend too much time with him because we already talked a whole episode about him, basically. One other guy is Tutu Adwell. So Tutu Adwell is hurt right now. You can get him cheap discount, right? He's small. He, I mean, he's very small. You want to talk about Devontae uh, Smith being small? Well, Tutu Adwell is 5'9", 165. He was selected in the second round by the Rams with Robert Woods getting old. Cooper Cup, I believe, is 27, right? I love Cooper Cup. We know this. But somebody will be leaving that receiving core soon. Tutu Atwell is basically available, especially with the injury right now. Most people don't even know what this guy is. Pick him up, stash him, right? Stash him, stash him. These are guys so far that are going to be long to medium-term stashes, right? Nobody's necessarily a short-term that I'm planning on using this year. Obviously, injuries happen. Green Bay Packers get Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb hurt. Well, then it's the Amari Rogers show, right? Robert Tunjan show. But I don't see, as of now, any of these guys contributing. Only guy I could see contributing with becoming the third receiver on his team, if he is not already, is Dwayne Eskridge. Dwayne Eskridge is a straight-up baller. Dude's five nine, but he is not two two. At well, five nine. He is Mister Eskridge five nine. He's one ninety pounds. He's thick. He's um. He's very close to my size, actually. We are. Ba- I am basically Dwayne Eskridge. You're speaking to him, so. If that doesn't tell you to put him on your taxi squad, I don't know what will. Yes, he's a little banged up right now, but these rookies are transitioning into the professional level of playing sports. If you did not play for an Alabama, an LSU, a Georgia, a Clemson, a powerhouse school where you have just NFL talent through and through the team, there is a major transition. It's just, it's a proven fact. It is a huge transition. From college football to the NFL. It's not something to take lightly. So these players will be hurt every now and then. But I don't think it's anything to worry about. I'm going to move on to my next list. I'm kind of bouncing around because, as you know, I do play a lot of Devi League. So a lot of my taxi squads are Devi players. They're claimed. That's the way that they're set up. Because Sleeper just ignores that they need to put Devi in the app put in that then my tax squads wouldn't be debbie players so that's all i gotta say on that one guy i've had since last year after getting passionate about Debbie Leagues just now is Lynn Bowden. Okay? This is how my love affair for Lynn Bowden started. I liked him throughout the whole entire draft process last year. I'm an Oakland Raiders fan. Oakland Raiders drafted Lynn Bowden last year. I said uh-oh, Will's up. Lynn Bowden let's go baby. Well he converted to not being a quarterback and he was a wide receiver or a running back, whatever he was. Got, I don't know what I don't know what Gruden. He drafted
1: him in Third. He was picked right next to Brian Edwards.
0: <laughs> he traded him for a pick Pick, don't say this. Don't say this. Because I'm trying to convince myself that I'm wrong in this thinking. <laughs> but then he <laughs> trades him for the sixth or seventh round pick, right?
1: Such a waste. i mean
0: dude i'm pouring one out for mr gruden man there's something wrong with that guy he's just doing things old raider old raider way right like flashy moves that don't make any damn sense at all yeah let's draft darius hayward babe no don't make any sense dude so entering lynn bolden gets picked up by the miami dolphins okay this could be something i put him on my taxi squad didn't want to get rid of him he ended up playing meaningful snaps last year he ended up being a guy i knew he could be a guy I had him the whole year. Enter week 14. starting slot receiver, baby. Nine catches. I'm sorry. Nine targets. Seven catches for 82 yards. 15 fantasy points. NBD. Six catches the next week on seven targets. 37 yards. 10 fantasy points. NBD. This is all on the taxi squad, ladies and gentlemen. Let's not talk about when he played Las Vegas. It was a revenge game going bad for him. Let's talk about week 17. He started again at slot. Got hit eight times. Eight targets, right? I mean, eight catches. 44 yards. 13 points dude this guy is the ultimate taxi stash for me taxi stash and he's on ir now so now i'm gonna take him off my taxi squad and i'm gonna put him on ir and now I get to move another person to my taxi squad. Let's see who it is. We're doing this live right now. I'm putting Anthony Swartz. You just talked about him. I'm not going to go into him. I love him. Anthony Swartz is a baller and we know that Odell occasionally has gotten hurt throughout his career. I do like Donovan Peoples-Jones in taxi squads that allow you to hold players for that long into their career. He is a guy I have on most squads, but if it's not him, it's Anthony Swartz from the Browns. One of those guys will have the chance to be the Wide receiver three this year, and Baker progressed as the season went on. So I do see them having value. Another guy is my homie Elijah Mitchell. I mean, Raging Cajuns, what's up, right? <laughs> Elijah Mitchell, he deserves a shot to live on your taxi squad. He can carve out a role. He could actually end up being like Elijah McGuire. It's weird that they have the same name, but <laughs> I mean, he could end up being a contributor at some point in his career. The other guy I have, I'm only going to give you three more. One is Sam Ellinger. So this was before the Carson Woods saga. Sam Ellinger just... You know, if Carson Wentz is there, he's most likely going to get hurt, right? Poor guy can't stay healthy. It sucks so bad because I I would like to see a whole healthy season of Carson Wentz not getting destroyed and decimated because his offensive line is some poo. But Sam Ellinger or Jacob Eason has to be the backup there. I chose the more athletic of the two. That's who I got. Ellinger, Ellinger, whatever you want to call him, is the other guy on my practice squad. I love him. One guy that I called up from my practice-slash-taxi squad is the man, the myth, the legend, the guy who is looking like a modern-day Terrell Owens, Brian Edwards! <laughs> Brian freaking Edwards, baby. Let's go. Let's roll the Brian Edwards carpet out. Brian Edwards is now. Cue the celebration noises. I've been 100% of leaks. Ooh right? Celebration. Celebration. Another guy I'm not going to mention much on because you already talked about him is ISM, right? Amir Smithmore set. This guy is the wide receiver three for that Vikings team. If somehow, someway something happens to Adam Thielen, I expect possible fireworks from this guy. And last but not least, this is a guy you should all be buying. I don't know why people are selling him right now, but I've found at least in three leagues this week that he has entered the trade block. It's Denzel Mims. Go get him while you can. Put him on your taxi squad. This dude is way too talented to not be on a taxi squad right now. Denzel Mims is one of my favorite players from last year's class. I have a bad addiction to Baylor wide receivers. <laughs> That's usually what I tell people. Denzel Mims is definitely the guy that I am most likely to hit on out of all of those, you know, Baylor wide receivers. Checked player profile before I made my notes for this show. And this, what I'm about to say, this one piece of information is going to tell everyone why I like Denzel Mims as much as I do. Metrically, right? Athletically, he is most comparable to Chris Godwin. Yes, that Chris Godwin. The guy who I fanboy over every chance I get again chris godwin aka denzel mims that's a guy i want to stash i like denzel mims his athletic profile he played pretty good last year whenever he was given the chance i expect him to eventually break out yeah last year he only had 23 receptions for 357 yards but his air yards was 634 It was almost double that so I definitely think that Denzel Mims is a great stash for your taxi squad. That's really the only people I'm stashing at this point. That's the bulk of my leagues. The only other person that I guess is worth a mention, which he isn't on my taxi squad anymore, was Marquez Callaway. As I said at the beginning of the show, Marquez Callaway, a.k.a. Alpha Callaway, That guy's on my regular roster now because he deserves it. all six to 204 pounds. Him. He's going to dominate leagues this year. He, he could be easily be a league winner this year. So, and that is a prime example of what the taxi squad is used for. Taxi squad is used to rebuild your team without going into full panic rebuild mode, right? You are slowly keeping the wheel turning by bringing up people from your taxi squad onto your regular team next year. Maybe you don't have to go crazy in your rookie draft and draft quarterback if Kirk Cousins somewhat retires or moves on. It's the Keelan Mon show. Oh, lucky you. You had him on your taxi squad this whole time, right? Things happen for a reason. You have taxi squad people for a reason. Use them to your advantage. Don't just use it to store junk. Use it to store potential treasure. I love taxi squads. I also love big changes, right? Big changes are on the horizon. So I hope you're paying attention. Content will not change. We'll just have more guests, more segments, and the same information and the same blasts. is going to be great. It's going to be fun. Me and Iowa every week on this thing, feeding you the information you need to win fantasy gold. Iowa, dude, this show was possibly one of my favorites because we touched on players that I never get the chance to talk about. I mean, these guys on my taxi squad deserve some recognition. yep When you, when you say the same,
1: yep. Everywhere you look, everyone's talking about the best players, you know, your top 10, your top 10. Yes. Person's top 10. You're top 10. Well, we dug deep. We, we talked about the Ellingers and the Easons of the world. And on your point to like those kind of guys and use of taxi, I am kind of meticulous with what kind of quarterback I'm willing to put on my taxi. Like last year, when people were taking easy, Eason at the end of drafts, you know, they were taking, you know, Jake from State Farm and that just sounds hideous. Eason almost became what you drafted him last year and sat on him for when Wentz was hurt, but... Wentz is already back practicing again. So that little buy window where you could have bought JT because Nelson's hurt and Wentz is hurt. That buy window might be closing. The buy window has been open since camp started for Mims. It seems like maybe it had to do with like food poisoning or whatever, where that's why Mims wasn't running with the ones is because of this, that, and the other thing. Well, I still think that there's a chance that like Crowder gets traded during the season. That's what kind of like elevates the Elijah Moore in into relevancy but you know if that's the case then maybe it's Mims and Corey Davis and Elijah Moore out there if they can move Crowder as of right now it seems like Mims has been drawing the short straw but I don't know that that necessarily is going to happen for the long run part of the reason why he got drafted as highly as he did last year is because uh, such a freak when it comes to athletic measurables The downfall was the fact that he came from, you know, the big 12 or whatever. Mims is someone uh, I was overdrafting last year, too. I was taking him in the second rounds as well, basically looking at player profiler. And when you see all the bars are up there, it's like, yep, yep. You know, this this is a guy I'm willing to take a shot on. So definitely right there with you, man. Excited to see. The evolution of the show, its uh, it's been interesting getting to know you. You know, we're three shows in and, you know, even more respect for you than I had when I came in. So it's been awesome talking with you here. Definitely look forward to uh, the future shows and what that all has to bring.
0: Definitely, man, definitely, and I've enjoyed every second of it as well. You know, I don't always have uh, an absurd amount of time to put something together, but you were always willing to work around my schedule, which is huge. And it's huge for the fans as well because i mean it's uh, really i'll do this for them so all in all this has been a great process i am very excited to ramp this thing back up again and we will continue right sometimes it might just be me sometimes it might just be iowa sometimes it's gonna be both sometimes it might be five of us sometimes it might be a whole entire team it might be a whole starting (laughs) offense baby 11 people on the show it will be crazy okay one thing I can promise you is that you need to go follow Iowa on Twitter right now. It's Iowa in the NFL, okay? All one, complete handle iowa in the nfl he's part of the superwire program he does really good work right he's sort of a perfectionist on the production side and i very much appreciate that because if you are not trying to be perfect in your work then what are you doing you're not doing it the right way so this is one guy who you need to keep an eye out on it's up and coming as always i can be found on twitter at the draft genius doing things that are um you know very controversial at times I love to be controversial because you need a shock, right? You need to hear things that make sense, but maybe you don't like. But it makes you think of certain things and gets that thought process developing. That's what we want. We want to create smarter fantasy players and people who can make decisions Right. It's it's kind of like developing you in a sense to where you can go and win leagues in and out. And one day I have a listener that reached out to me from season one, episode one, reached out to me recently, said, hey, I'm starting a podcast. Can you give me any advice? Dude, of course I can. I'll tell you anything you want to know. I'll sit down for an hour and talk to you just to answer things because I do this for you. I don't do this for a, you know, six figure check. I I have other things that I'm going to do as a job right as a full-time job but i do this for you i do this because i genuinely do care about your fantasy team i'll help you as long as i have time throughout the day i would would do the same we are here to help you win fantasy gold once you win the gold all we ask is that you say hey check out what i got so i can clap for you i mean i just want to clap for you i want to congratulate you genuinely when you win your league you can do that by listening to us and we also have a listener league. Okay. Stay on the horizon. The news will come at that. We will be drafting once the season starts more to come on that. Who knows? We're talking about the next show. We've been hitting random topics week to week. Maybe I'll put some feelers out there. See what you want to hear. But as of now, it's a mystery. Iowa. Thank you. Always. It's been a blast listeners. Thank you. Always. Hope you wrote everything down. If not rewind it. get to work. See you next time.
1: Thanks for hanging with us. potential treasure.